Welcome to the first uh, Courtside Indiana podcast. My name is Jim Reamer. I'm the, uh, I guess, founder and owner of Courtside Indiana. We had a year full of content this year, and uh, primarily with the help of Zach Tyler, who is um, helping us a lot with Northern Indiana, and we'll certainly do a lot more as the, if we have an AAU season. I, I have a lot of obviously an active interest in that. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks, Jim. How are you? Um, yeah, it's going well. This is our first venture into this, so we'll see how it goes. Zach's, uh, tell us a little bit about your basketball background and, and um, you know, aside from the work you've done with us this year. Um, um, Jim, I've been around Bethel basketball up here in northern Indiana for almost my entire life. Grew up next door to Lightfoot's, uh, Coach Lightfoot, his sons, Robbie and Ryan. Um, so I followed them along the way. Uh, national championships there, of course. Uh, and then I've gotten a lot more involved after Ryan took over for his dad, helping with recruiting, uh, just getting out there, getting some names back to him, and then uh, just continuing to watch basketball since Ryan Ryan has left. Uh, and I've been helping you out quite a bit. Yeah, and that part's been great. I mean, as far as the Northern stuff, it's – it's tough finding somebody that's as crazy as I am with, with the exception of guys like Trevor Andershock and, and Eric Gardner, who, who all, you know, both self-starters. Um, sure. Obviously a lot of the media guys are working for newspapers and they get paid. Not that they don't love their job because they do. Um, I mean, Kyle Ned Rip is as good as anybody. And, um, but it, you know, the dedication you guys that you've shown up there, we've had some help with Barney O'Neill down in the South Southern Indiana, certainly the Southwest part. He's unable to make it tonight. Um, cause like a lot of things, um, things like school and stuff like that have turned into online and his wife has to, uh, take a video class today. So she's doing a video conference and he can't be available. So we're going to wing Southern Indiana today as we go through this. And, um, you know, my got a chance to know you. Obviously, my background, I've been coaching for 30 years, uh, primarily the summer, but um, did both high school level and summer for 10 years. And that was a bit much, uh, but never was going to be in a, a school teaching environment. So I've always stuck with the summer um, and the courtside stuff has allowed me to sort of uh, meld my uh, web design things that I'm capable of doing, I guess, as well as my love of basketball. I actually enjoy both very much. So this is sort of a convergence convergence of two things I, I really enjoy. Um, but let, let's get in. We, we obviously have a little bit of a script that we're going through today as far as topics. And we're sort of going to start with some unfinished business. Um, the, the state tournament. We ended with sectionals. We were one day away from completing the regionals. Um, understandable, but disappointing. We have, you know, we've lost this year's state tournament because of uh, COVID-19 and um, the coronavirus. And, but what I wanted to do with you was go through, uh, maybe not game by game, but certainly area by area, and just go through what we think may have happened. And your ideas would be different than mine. Um, what you, what we both think might have happened in the state tournament, and we're going to start with 1A. So if you get that tab ready. Um, what did you, from the North perspective, let's start there since those are your teams, a couple of those teams, I know you got a chance to see during the school year. What was your view on the North? Was it as clear cut with 21st century 
uh, Gary, as it as it seems to me. I mean, there's one yeah. caveat there. There's one wild card, and we can talk about that here in a sec. Yeah, I think once they got past Couts in that that round, I think it's that's pretty much theirs to lose after that with Elkhart Christian, and then probably Argus will be the winner there uh, on the other side that they would face, and I don't see them having any trouble at all getting getting out of the north up here. Yeah, I don't – you get no dispute from me on that. I I think the one level – had you had a chance to see any – either of the teams at Frank – any of the teams at Frankfurt during the year? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, a Covington would be my guess out of there. That would just be a, a guess, though. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I had a chance to see Southwood. I've seen both those teams play this year. And, and um, you know, Southwood is – they had a really nice run two years ago and um, yeah, Carson Blair this year. Team. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, the, and the, the Dallas kid yeah, Dallas was a junior Holmes, on that sure. team and yeah. Yeah. And I, I really liked him, but, but this group, they played against Oak Hill and, and that's the game I saw. And it, I mean, obviously somebody has to win a sectional and you hate to put it in those terms, but because winning a sectional is still a big deal, but but I, I think Covington, you know, doing something that hasn't been done a whole lot, which is LCC not winning a sectional. Sure. And I forget what the number on that is. I'm not even entirely sure they've lost a sectional since class basketball, but I'm, I'm sure I'm wrong on that. But it's I'm not too far off. I think they'd maybe have lost twice. Um, but Covington's awfully good. They're well coached. They've got a lot of they got a lot of skilled kids. They've got a lot of kids who can shoot. Um, they pretty much play five out. Um, short of any sets they might run, but they are pretty much a dribble drive and, and kick, read and react team, and and they they pretty much play four guys, the whole game who can shoot the ball, and you know that's hard to guard when at almost any level unless you really have the athletes to cover it. Sure. Um, you know, and I don't want to discount what Blue River and, and Cowan have going, um, but I just. Didn't see any of those two teams being able to really contain Covington's ability to score. I mean, Covington can play with big schools in Lafayette area and, and and did pretty well for themselves, at least from a scoreboard being competitive perspective in, in the uh, that Lafayette Journal and Courier thing they have at the beginning of the year. And so I think we're both sort of in agreement there, and that sort of puts us what in the the semi-state with 21st century versus uh, Covington. I, I if you were to tell me that Gary was a strong favorite in that game, I wouldn't doubt it. Um, right, but yeah. I didn't see them play, and I you didn't see Covington. All right. What um, what does Gary? What did 21st century have other than John L. Davis? Uh, just some, some solid guard play. I mean, they, they, they do rely a lot on him, but he's got a couple pieces around him that, that can score it also. Uh, and they, they show that against Couts. They, they just really fight. And I mean, man, when you have Johnny Davis on your team, it's, it's tough to lose. I feel like how much, how much size do they have? Um, they're not incredibly, not, not, I mean, not much size, but they can, they're athletes. They can. They get up on you and press a little bit if they need to, and and like I said, they can just score the ball. And I, and I think the difference there, and, and a lot of it's just looking at their roster. And and I, I got a chance to see him play last year, and of, and of course I've seen John L play quite a bit, mostly in the summers. Um, uh, 
but their length is hard to simulate. And especially with what Covington plays on probably 80% of their schedule and, and certainly versus what Covington would otherwise face during the, during the sectional. Um, Well, that's not entirely true. LCC is pretty darn long. So, um, so uh, we both agree that we've got um, or Gary in the, in the final game there. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Up North. I mean, I see it. A good friend of mine, Scott Adams, is the head coach at International. He has got a nice young roster, um, and I, and for me, they're going to be. They could be a year away from being really good. And I, I don't know. And I, and I like the, the Johnson kid at Oldenburg Academy, but but and this is where it would have been nice to have Barney because his son, obviously Keegan O'Neill, plays at Bar Reeve, and right. Bar Reeve is is has been a one A power and. And for me, that's a collision course between those two teams. I, I think they have – Bar Reeve has almost uh, – I don't know. They they weren't going to get much resistance in the regional, I didn't think. I know their game with, with – um, I know Crothers, Crothersville comes in with their first sectional. Um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about their school coach and what's, what's gone on down there since – since the season's ended, but um, right. that would have been interesting to see that play out um, in real time. If, if I mean, I assume he would have still been coaching the regionals, but but Bar Reeve, I think, rolls through the Lagodi Regional, and, and basically it's a collision course with, with Greenwood Christian Academy, and, and this is where it would have been interesting to have Barney because he's seen a lot of those teams down there. You know, he got a chance to see Bar, you know, Bar Reeve play, you know, in the the um, the Graber. Invitational down there at North Davies, and I really love some of the pieces that they've got. Other than other than Keegan and Hagen Nep kid has had an outstanding year. I think he's probably turning in to be one of the sleeper sophomores. I, I had Greenwood Christian beating Bar Reeve in a semi state. Sure, I mean Johnny Marlin, heck of a coach. Yeah, and I and I look at I look at what teams do when they get a chance to schedule up. You know, and and I know Greenwood's good, but they're not a traditional powerhouse. Center Groves, you know, due to youth and and they had some kids in that twenty twenty class. Actually, some of a couple of them hurt Greenwood Christian, but they had a lot of roster movement the last two years in that twenty twenty class. I know when those guys were young, they thought that would be a good group. Um, they're certainly good kids, but there's just one of them left. And, um, you know, when Greenwood beat them, I'm sorry, when, when GCA beat them and Greenwood in the Johnson County tournament, that really opened my eyes. And not only to the, because I mean, Greenwood was going to be good, but they just got more options. I mean, they've got the McCorkle kids. They've got Derek Peterson, who's a, a transplant from Center Grove. Um, and they've just got, they've got kids that have been tested against big schools. I, I do value that being the, you know, the caramel snob that I am. Um, but to me that what they were able to do against the bigger schools, you know, still kind of gave me, it led me to believe they had a little bit of an advantage over bar Reeve. Now sure. they would have had to have figured out Keegan. Um, and, you know, Keegan's an awfully good player. And we're, we'll certainly be talking about him when we talk about what we think the all-star team might look like. Um, but I don't know. I, I had Greenwood Christian Academy. I, I was pretty – not that I thought they would 
win big. I mean, I thought it would be a great game, but I have no problem picking them over them. I don't know what your feeling on that was if you if you made any sort of prognostications before the tournament started, but that's yeah, kind of where I went with it from the start. Bar Reeves about the only Southern team that I'm really familiar with, and like we're talking about with Keegan and his size and can step out and hit a jumper here and there too. Bar Reeves is, is who I would have went with also from down there. Would have been yeah, and so you you had them over GCA. I probably would have had them over GCA this time. Yeah. The um, and that's not I mean that's not a bad pick by any stretch of imagination. And they also had um, they have two kids GCA two kids that transferred over uh, at least in the last year from from Center Grove, and, and both of them were double figure scores this year for their varsity and and um, to go with. I mean, not not one, but three McCorkle kids. Um, it, it's just a good group. I don't know that that to me that would have been. I mean, obviously, I hunt Carmel when it comes time to tournament time. If they get the semi-state, I'm going that direction. But that GCA Bar Reeve game would have been my second go-to game um, that weekend if if I if somehow Carmel had gotten clipped in the regional. Right. Um, so we've got so. Do you have Gary winning it? You have you have twenty first century winning it all. Or yeah, I think I think they would you have would have had it taken care of. Not I don't know easily, but I think it's definitely would have been theirs to lose for sure. Yeah, I don't remember who I had winning that game. I think I still had GCA winning that game over over Gary twenty first century, but that was my final. So, two um, A. Clip that up there. Um, Yep. And again, we'll start in the north because that's your that's your cool. area, and I've I've probably seen some more of these teams, but North Judson, um, fun one. Yeah, I know. You were pl- you were kind of planning on going there Saturday night. Yeah. Um, if it played out. Um. But any any challenge there for Blackhawk? I mean, does does Cherubisco um, have? I mean, I know they've got the the big kid that was in, that was eligible after the season started. Yeah, Landon Jordan. What do they came have in. besides him and Paul? Yeah, what do they have besides him and Paul to, uh, to go against Blackhawk? Hunter Perlick was a senior for them. He could really shoot the ball. Uh, I watched them play center. Uh, I'm losing the, losing my mind here. Uh, I can't even. Center Noble. Yeah, Central Noble. My fault. I saw them play Central during, during the season, uh, and and they were able to to handle them. I, they beat them two of the three times they met this year, actually. Uh, so the the Blackhawk game would have been interesting to me with Cherubusco. I just think with with uh, Marcus Davidson and and Caleb First and uh, Zane Burke, they just would have been way too much for for Cherubusco in the end. Uh, and then the other game there, Bowman Academy should have been able to handle Laville. They had a uh, couple kids I know that were sick. Their best couple players were sick towards the end of the season there and missed some games, but I know they were back for for the tournament here. Uh, so that night game would have been really game. interesting, right? For Bowman, that night game would have been really interesting with Blackhawk and Bowman. You mean Bowman's got the gun. I mean, so tell me, have you had you seen Bowman during the year? I I saw Bowman during the year, the very last game against Culver Academy, and they did not have their two best players in that game. They were sick, still so sick. So Karan Davis, so right. So Karan Davis didn't play, right? Because 
because that that's a kid that the the longer the year went on, the more I felt like, man, we need to we might need to be paying attention to him a little bit more. And, right, and I and I went and, to that game hoping to see those two, him and um, I forget the other kid's name, Bowman, but yeah, they they didn't end up playing. The um. You know, do, do we? You still have Blackhawk over them. I mean, that's where. Yeah, I think Blackhawks kind of the rubber hard. hits the road on that. Yeah, uh, like like you were saying with uh, Johnny Marlin's team, how they schedule up. Blackhawk does a great job of scheduling up with teams and playing teams that are a lot bigger than them. A lot of times, like we saw them in Noblesville, at playing, and I just feel like Blackhawk was on a mission this year again to go down the state. I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, at that's at this point, f- f- the first is the irresistible force and sort of the immovable object, uh, at least up north. Um, or, the interesting thing would have been watching them play, if, if we get to that point, Blackford, you know, you know, maybe, you know, maybe Luke Brown is the irresistible force and, and Caleb first is the immovable object, but. You know, I sort of regret not watching Wapihani during the year because, yeah. you know, they have had teams in the past that have been successful in March, and and they certainly have um, – they, they typically have the type of physical athletes that sort of extend beyond their normal basketball ability. I mean, they obviously have some great players. I mean, Joe Luce's – or Matt Luce's son is an excellent guard, and um, – kid that I got a chance to watch a lot during the during the fall league that we run in October um but you know and as much as I have them winning that game um I can't remember who I had I don't think I had Blackford winning the regional but with what's there now with, with what qualified for the you know with what who won sectionals I do think I had them winning coming out of that regional for sure, but beating Wapahani in the final game. Yeah, like you're saying, Wapahani is such a balanced team. I feel like it's a bunch of different scores, but yeah, Luke Brown in the end, I think is just too tough for them. I mean, I don't, I'm checking here right quick and see if they played each other during the year. Uh, looks like they did not, and uh, they obviously have a lot of common opponents. And um, yeah, they did not play during the year. That's kind of surprising. They're not that far apart. Um, so that puts us in the semi-state between Blackhawk and, and Blackford. And, uh, I mean, I think I've got Blackhawk in that game. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I, it's, you know, I watched many years ago. It seems like now it's been 15 years ago. I watched lapel with, with Jason Holsinger, um, a smaller guard, you know, even maybe an inch or two shorter than, than Brown. And, and I mean, Lapel plays a little bit of a different schedule back then. Especially, they were playing Anderson School. They were playing big schools. They played Muncie Central. They played Anderson. You know, they played Pendleton Heights twice, usually twice a year, because they would end up facing them in the county tournament. Um, you know, they they had sort of the same formula that Blackford does. Now, as good as Blackhawk Christian was in those years, they didn't have first. Right. Um, and he's he's got his own gravity on the court, as does Brown. But I, and I I think that I think what Blackhawk has 
that a lot of other teams don't besides, I mean, obviously in first is it would be tougher for Luke to make those other guys better. So where he might be able to hit guys getting, you know, rolling to the rim or, or getting into the paint, I think first shuts all that down. Sure. And, you know, to me that, that ends up becoming the difference. Um, so we both got Blackhawk. Um, yeah. Up north, to me, it's it's although Covenant Christian out of Indy, it'd it have been interesting. That Greenfield Regional would have been interesting. I, I've got such a high opinion of Coach McCullough at Shenandoah, and have long since had a high opinion of him, uh, going back to his Judson days. Um, I certainly had them coming out of the regional. Um, certainly with the current field, Covenant Christian is awfully good. They've got, you know, they've got athletes, they've got kids that grew up in bigger schools and have since, have since transferred into Covenant. Um, I saw them play in the section, in the sectional, they were, they were down 15 at one point and then up by 12 in a hurry. And they, they flipped that 27 points quickly and they would have I think they would have beaten South Decatur. Um, I think they had the the ability to to play that fast, and I think they have guys that had just played in bigger games or or against better competition than what South Decatur ever did. And when you look at what South Decatur did this year, um, they're they're the the good teams they the, the tough games they played they eked them out. You know the games they lost. They they kind of they lost both games in double digits. Um, they they certainly have the horses with led by Lane Louderball, and they they play such a pace. But I think Covenant Christian had the athletes and, and the ability to finish at the rim, and as well as the shooters, to play with them and, and to play that fast. Now, are they used to playing that fast for a whole game? And you know, I guess that would have remained to be seen, but. Um, I was really impressed with them at sectional, and I, and again they they sort of schedule up as well during the year, and, and so when they go into the tournament with eight or nine losses, it's at least this year wasn't that big of a deal. But I had Shenandoah coming out of Greenfield. I don't know if you had any sense of those teams. I know you probably didn't get a chance to see many of them play, though. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Shenandoah, just from what I had read and, and known about them, I had them as well. You know, the thing with Shenandoah is they're all juniors. And that's the thing with um, Blackhawk too. Blackhawks all juniors also. Yeah. I mean this you know, that I mean that's that was my state final game. I had Shenandoah beaten Blackhawk. Now we don't want to pass over Linton. Um I, I think ultimately that's who I have playing Shenandoah in the semi state, but I've got Shenandoah winning that game. I I mean Shenandoah's got three juniors, Kirk, Coach McCullough's son, um Jacob Kinsey, whose dad, oddly enough, used to be the head coach at Shenandoah. And then um, Andrew Bennett, whose dad used to be a head coach um, and, and really was a move over from Westfield and when he was younger. But those three kids, I mean, they have been varsity kids since they were freshmen. And, you know, that happens sometimes at smaller schools more than it does at bigger schools. But they've been very successful. And, you know, Linton comes in with the same lineage. Obviously, they got the state championship game last year. Um, 
and you know, Lincoln Hale's a heck of a player. He's committed to Indiana State. He's a tough cover at six four. He does a lot of things for for Coach Hart. Um, but I just I had Shenandoah winning that thing, and at least that semi state. And then I had them beating Blackhawk. But I don't, you know, did you did you have a different point of view in the South or? No, I mean that's what, what, Shenandoah. Shenandoah would have been who I went with also. Uh, and then I had the opposite of you. I had Blackhawk, Blackhawk cutting the nets down over Shenandoah this year. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you can, whenever you have the best player on the floor, you always, you know, you always have that chance, you know, and, and obviously, you know, the other two kids, Davison and, and Zane Burke are both really good players. So they, they can compete against a lot of teams. Um, so it's not often, or it's not, it's not, it's not all that rare when they've got a couple of the, the best players on the floor. Sure. Um, I'm just a big believer in Coach McCullough. <laughs> I guess that what that's what that boils down to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're not. Yeah, it's not a bad pick going with uh, with first. I mean, with what he did last year um, uh, in, in the state finals uh, against a, a Bar Reeve team that could match him, in, you know, could match him inch for inch, and not just in Keegan Keegan O'Neill, but but they had other kids too. They had good length on the perimeter. Um, but then to also watch what he did to Trey Kaufman in, in the uh, in the or in the, uh, the the game at um, oh Southport Southport yeah that was of course then Cooper Jacoby came in and did the same thing the first that first did to Kaufman so who knows what to believe on that one um, we we should probably add that Gatorade Player of the Year discussion at the end of our at the end of our I'm going to write that down right now um, that may be a topic we need to touch on although sure. I'm not exactly going to argue the pick but but you know i'm sure some people wonder um moving to 3a it starts to get a little tougher yeah again we'll start north because that's that's your neck of the woods and and i've seen some of those teams play um tell me what you had south Bend, washington tell me what you had coming out of there um western i had, hadn't seen this year I mean, I feel like it's kind of odd them coming all the way up here to South Bend anyway, but uh, I hadn't seen them this year. I saw them last year. Um, Hammond, oh, my goodness, some athletes there. Really solid kids from Hammond. I think I had them in that game. And then, oh, Hanover Central and Marion's a toss-up too, but I feel like that Marion zone and their rotation is just so tough. Jerry Bracey leading the way there. I feel like they've got the edge over Hanover Central in that one also. Um, I had Marion winning that that regional as well i think they're just very solid team uh their zone is so tough they can extend it to full court if they need to uh, they just they know what they're doing they're good for a couple freshmen the declan sullivan is amazing he's going to be a really good player i just feel like marion is the team up there this year it was there there's from the get-go i feel like Yeah, I don't um, – I have seen Hanover in the past. And and Dominic Lacido, I think the world of that kid. I mean, he is he yeah, a I tough like kid. A he's, a hell, he's a hell of a floor leader. Um, you know, and what they had this year that they didn't really have last year was, was just the development of um, – oh, man, now uh, – 
I'm going to pronounce, I'm going to butcher his last name. Babusiak. Babusiak is what I would say as well. Yes. Sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just a different element than what they had last year. I mean, I, you know, obviously he got a chance to play as a freshman, but, but just way more productive and way more consistent and, and certainly defensively as a rim protector, just a different kid. And, and probably between those two, the, the, a higher ceiling. I mean, definitely a higher ceiling. Sure. Um, but man, Dominic Lucido is a heck of a ball player. And, you know, I think that I, I had not had a chance to see Jerry Bracey play uh, during the year or any, you know, any of those guys during the year. And I really hadn't seen him play very much. Uh, Hammond, oddly enough, so I, I'm probably going to go with you on the Mishawaka Marion pick, just for starters. I, I know that Mike Lewis had his Western group. They, they, had a, they had a good year. They are also a young team. Kyle Sanders is their best player, and he's probably one of the better, more underrated guards in the state. Probably will end up being a good NAI level, good crossroads league guy. Um, I got a chance to watch Hammond play on the ITSA feed. Um, here during uh, yeah during our uh, you know during our sort of our shelter in place that we've gone through and. It was nice to be able to watch some of those games and at least watch a half of, of a lot of games. So I've, I've had a chance to watch some some teams I didn't get a chance to watch during the year. Um, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on Mishawaka Marion. I think their their tougher game would have been Hanover. Um, but I, you know, the, Hammond's one of those things. If they're shooting the ball well, they're they're linked up front with Darrell Reed. Um, yeah, he's a monster. He's kind of a he's he's a difference maker. But the thing I noticed the game I saw was they really struggled from anything outside the rim. Yeah, I mean they had maybe one kid hitting shots. Um, anything that was mid range was very very iffy at best. Now, um, you know that depends on you know as much as Marion relies on his own. It'd be interesting to see. It would have been interesting to see how they would have combated that because I, I didn't see the kind of shooting out of Hammond that um, was going to disrupt what Marion tries to do. So yeah, yeah, I agree we both have Marion coming. Um, Newcastle. It's, it's kind of a weird one. I mean, I think that I, I probably had dealt, I mean, with the four teams that are there, I probably have Delta coming out of that. Um, of all the regionals, that's the one I'm the least sold on. Of all the regionals in all four classes, that's the one I'm the least least sold on by by leaps and bounds. I mean, I don't I'm trying to even remember who I had. Should look that up. Who I had as my um, as my sectional pick. Talk about those games, those teams uh, up there that you've seen. Northwood's got a couple young kids, uh, a couple freshmen on their team. Uh, they played well this year. For, for Coach Wolf, uh, and then, of course, Trent Edwards, their senior leader, uh, had a good year as well. Uh, at Norwell, you have McBride. Mike McBride's son is a freshman playing, hitting big shots in games, really good shooter. And then uh, you have their senior as well. Uh, I can't think of his name offhand, uh, but that would have been a heck of a game. I think I've got Norwell in that one. And then I'm with you on Delta over Leo. I saw Leo earlier you- in the year. You're talking about Geiger at, at yeah, Norwell. sorry, Will Geiger, yeah, yep, yeah, really good player. I could see him in the Crossroads League as well. Like we're, we're talking about NAI players, I think he would be a good player. I'm not sure what position he is at the next level. That's a tough one for me, but um, 
I think he's a solid four at that level. Um, be interesting to see if he could play. I don't know what his recruiting looks like right now. We probably something. Uh, yeah, I think we it's should, like we should Grace know. maybe or something. I can't. I don't know if okay. anybody else. But yeah, uh, and I saw um, Leo. Leo's got some solid pieces. The DJ Allen's a good sophomore, big sophomore they have. Uh, Blake Davidson, good player. Uh, Zach Troyer as well. But I think I like. I really like Brady Hunt down at down at Delta. Yep. And I think he could have. Yeah, his his skill sets improved. And at six six, he's pretty versatile. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had um, I found my picks now. I I had Bishop Lures obviously. Lo- I had them losing to Silver Creek in the in the championship game, so they got beat by Leo in round one. So that didn't turn out too well for me. Um, but um, and as much as I want to say I had Marion going, I had actually it was South Bend St. Joseph. So um, yeah, I pretty well screwed screwed the pooch on that one. But um, but yeah, I. I the Bracey kids intrigue. Obviously, the freshman kids are two kids that had some interest in the the Sullivan kid there from Marion and um, Thornton as well. Yep. Uh, but but Sullivan, everybody likes him. I got a chance to watch Northwood practice leading into the regionals. Um, I I guess we can say that now. Edwards was hurt, and they were trying to keep that under their hat, and he didn't practice for most of that week. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and. Um, yeah, they yeah. So there's your there's your scoop that's no longer applicable. Um, yeah, I walked into practice and got a chance to watch them and and um, yeah, he was on the side. He was on one of the side goals, just doing form shooting most of the day. And really, they they felt pretty confident he was going to play, but they really didn't want anybody to know that he was injured. He had sprained sure. his ankle. I want to say late, maybe in their sectional final game. And it, it didn't it didn't really impact them, and you know they just kind of didn't want anybody to know. But you know now we're here we are after the fact, and you know that would have been something if if he would have had a bad game, people would have wondered why. And he, he looked like he was moving around pretty well though. But um, so we both, um, yeah that that's a toss up there. I mean I had South Bend, I had I had Lures coming through the semi state, so. I mean, I've pretty much, I've not, I've got no, nothing left in that area. I mean, I had nothing going in the, in 3A. Um, Cause I had, yeah, I had South Bend St. Joe and, and Bishop Lures both meeting in the semi-state and neither one of them got beat. So I definitely have no feel for what was left over, at least on the north side, south sides. So what, you had Marion and who'd you have coming out of there? Uh, I, I would have taken Delta. Delta, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Detweiler's such a good coach. You know, last year they were undefeated during the regular season. Yep. And I I think he felt like he maybe, this group, certainly wouldn't go undefeated, but I think he felt like this group coming in could, could still make a pretty strong run in March and, and looked like they were primed to do it. Um, it's hard to go undefeated. Uh, it's hard to go undefeated during the during the entire season, let you know during the entire school like regular season, let alone, um, let alone the state. You know, finish it off with a state championship. You know, something Bloomington South was going to get a chance to do this year, but um, you know, we, we're, here we are. Um, the South, um, 
Danville. I mean, I had them get in the semi-state. So that I, nothing happened there that would have changed my mind. Um, hold on, sorry, I'm trying to reorganize my uh, my tabs here so I can get a little bit more. Uh, Did you have them against Burbuff in the championship there? Uh, you know what? I didn't pick. Didn't pick. I would have, yes. If I'm looking at three, I didn't pick the individual games. I just picked who won the regional. Um, yeah, definitely would have Burbuff beating Brownstown. I mean, as good of a coach as Bentner is, they had a really down year this year. Now, I know they were – they lost a lot of kids' graduation last year. I think them winning a sectional was somewhat of a surprise. Um, but that's the caliber of coach he is. He had them playing pretty well toward the end of the year. And I just don't know if they had the horsepower to, to beat Burbuff. And Burbuff-Danville is a, a toss-up. I mean, I don't – I know I had Danville winning it. Um but there's not a whole lot of difference there. And really the difference is, is how effective is Dylan Ware for Danville? Um, you know, breaking down his game, he's not a great shooter. Right. Um, but he's so effective at everything else. And again, we're going to get to him when we talk a little bit about the all-star team. But he is so good at everything else, uh, including making people better. And they've got guys around him, Sam Comer, Kobe Ward. They've got other guys on that team who can score as well. So that gives him the space he needs. He's almost um, – he'd like to tell you he's a point guard, but I would say he's more of a point power forward. And he could play at a D2 or D1 level if, if he could go in, the, in there with that focus. I mean, at six seven, he's starting to fill out really, really skilled. And he would be – um, he would be a tough matchup. And, and depending on what his desires were as far as playing early, you know, if he could have been patient, if he could be patient, he'd have a chance to maybe figure out a way to get recruited at the low D1 level and just – he would be really, really good in the Ohio Valley. And, um, you know, it's it would be um, – he'd just be a tough matchup at 6'7". And, and I, I mean, I had Danville beating Burbuff. I mean, I had Danville winning the regional, so I have them beating Burbuff. And I, but I don't think it, if Burbuff would have won that, I don't know that anybody would have been surprised by it. Yeah, that's what the, I was going to um, say. I, I feel like Burbuff, move, Burbuff's pretty solid. Also, they could have had a shot, shot at that one. Yeah, and, and you know, moving down to Washington, the the one weak spot I have is is Washington. You know, this is the first sectional they've won without a Mister Basketball. Without a Zeller, there you go. Or um, in, I think forty years, is was the math. Um, going back to Bushi, when he was, you know, he was Mister Basketball in nineteen, you know, nineteen seventy nine. Going back that far, it had been that long since they won a sectional without a Zeller, and um, you know, and and I don't know that. They're going to beat Greensburg. I don't, you know, I don't think that. Uh, and I mean, I have Greensburg winning that game, not handily. Of course, you know, you're playing Washington at the Hatchet House, you know, but but Greensburg is used to playing in big arenas. They're used to being in Washington. This this would have been their fourth trip or the third trip with this current group. Um, 
you know, um, the, the big game there, though, is Silver Creek and Heritage Hills. I, I know I had Silver Creek winning it, but it's not like Heritage Hills doesn't have a lot of weapons. I don't, if you've not had a chance to see them, um, I mean, Blake Sisley's as good as it gets. He's almost right there as good as Jack Nungy was at that age. Okay. Um, now, Nungy kept growing, and that may be that may be the difference. Um, I mean, Nungy ends up being 6'11". Uh, Sisley's going to probably top out 6'8", 6'9", but, man, he's so skilled. And Murray Becker it was a junior all-star last year and did not disappoint anybody this year. And then the Sherry kid is their, their floor leader. And, um, you know, I know they struggled at Southport. Um, I'm going to say that and probably be damn wrong. But, um, you know, they're not going to have to – you know, they're not – they struggle with the athleticism that – I mean, as, and as good as athletes as Jacoby and Kaufman and, and Northern are for Silver Creek, they don't put them out position by position. You know, and, and I still have Silver Creek winning it because at the end of the day, I'm a big Trey Kaufman fan. I'm a big Cooper Jacoby fan. And I think Bryant Northern – or Bryant's his dad. I, Brandon Northern – is as good of a third option at, at, at the three A level as there is anywhere. I mean, Northern would probably start in a lot of four A, you know, a lot of schools in, in Indianapolis area. Um, I mean, that's I, I have Silver Creek winning that re, winning the semi state and getting to the state finals, and I have them repeating as state champions. So clearly, I have them winning this. I don't know that's a it's definitely not a cakewalk though, because Heritage Hills is awfully good, and then you know Greensburg, for my money. Um, with Andrew Wellage and, and Lane Sparks, they have two kids that are that are really tough matchups. You probably not had a chance to see them play. Had you seen Silver Creek or play yet this year? Uh, I hadn't. I had seen uh, – I saw Andrew Wellage last year in the summertime for Greensburg, and he played really well. Yeah. But I'm not familiar with Heritage Hills or Silver Creek enough to talk about them in detail. You know, Wellage's, Wellage's deal is just his ability to keep on weight. You know, he's thin – Yep, yep. Um but again at six it's at six seven, different different player that as than than Dylan Ware. Probably not as maybe not as versatile defensively. Which brings me back to my point of Dylan Ware's probably should be a division one player, but because um, Wellage is going to right state and right. I think those two guys are comparable talent wise. Um Silver Creek for me is just They've just got two high-level kids. I mean, I think Jacoby is definitely a mid-major, and if his jump shot can improve um, in what time he's got to get recruited, um, that'll be the interesting discussion is, is how this, you know, how this lockdown is going to affect recruiting, especially for kids like him that are sort of that in-between mid-major. Maybe if he could definitely show that he's more of a of – a, outside threat at the three spot he could be a high major guy definitely has the motor definitely has the uh, the other skills taken care of can probably guard the position as well uh but man trey kaufman's a real deal and i don't know if you've had a chance to see him play but six eight six nine shoots the ball well puts the ball on the floor he, he doesn't change directions in, in the flow of a game but he can get to the basket and finish and um he, he's just you know, short of foul trouble, which is what happened against Blackhawk Christian, um, I mean, first did a hell of a job on him. Let's let's 
let's make sure he gets credit for that. But but he also but Kaufman also battled fouls and and there's nothing there that keeps me from thinking Silver Creek won't win it. So basically, we just I've just wasted about five minutes of talking. So we've got I've got Danville and and Silver Creek. I've got Silver Creek winning that. You got anything different there? No, I would I would be with you there and take Silver Creek with those guys. I think there'd just be too much of a handful for anybody to to beat. I mean, I've got nothing out of the North as far as the the, the teams I picked. I mean, I had Lures getting the the final game that didn't happen. Um, I don't see any of those teams that are going to get in the way. I mean, I, I see three or four teams in the South who are better than anybody in the North, yeah, at least right now. And I would agree with that. I, I mean, Marion wouldn't have seen anybody like Silver Creek or Heritage Hills, and Hammond wouldn't have either, even in the region. And, and I don't see Delta as well. I mean, I think Silver Creek's probably got this one for 3A. Yeah. Well, let's move to 4A then. Are we going to fight? Are we going <laughs> to – we're not going <laughs> to – tell me a little bit about um, – well, I, you know, hey, I did, we'll, we'll get to Carmel here in a minute. Um, what do you – tell me about the Michigan City. That's where you were going in the morning. That's, that's where, where you – I think that's right. That's where you were headed. I be, yeah, I think that's where I was going to try to get in the morning. Um, Valpo and Maryville. I mean, we, Valpo, I don't think anybody thought was going to be there. They, everybody thought Chesterton was going to be there for sure. Um, me, I wasn't as sold on Chesterton. Who gave, who gave Maryville a chance? Exactly. Yeah, they thought Munster was going to be. That thought that was going to be Chesterton Munster the whole time. But uh, well, but I yeah. had Munster beating Carmel in the semi-state. Oh goodness! So I had Munster. Yeah. So so I had a rough rough opening round uh losing lures and lure you know losing monster you know and it and and call me a you know homer that's fine i mean carmel's been awfully darn good for for a decade and you know it's them winning sectionals is almost as their toughest game until the state finals now that would not have i don't know if that would have been the case this year but i had monster coming out of Michigan city and then not getting in there. I, I think with, with what I'm looking at now, I, I see Culver coming out of that, out of that foursome. Yeah. Which would have provided coach Galloway a little bit of an interesting opportunity. I don't think he has definitely doesn't have any animosity toward the, the, the current people who are yeah, I would agree. involved with the basketball program now, but, but, but beating Carmel wouldn't have been something that didn't give him maybe a little bit of a wider smile. Yeah. Um, and some nice motivation, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, we could talk that situation to death, but as to what caused him to have to leave Carmel, but I'll just say it like this: there's 400 other high school coaches that were damn glad it wasn't their school bus. Sure. Um, but you know, head coaches have to be accountable. All the adults in the room have to be accountable, and and Coach Galloway has done a hell of a job at Culver. He's he's had it. He landed on his feet and had a chance to move on and be successful somewhere else. I'm happy for him in that regard. Um, and it only becomes a reason to revisit it because it looked like really those two teams were going to face in the semi-state if it played out the way the regionals were looking on paper. Although 
we'll, we'll get to Logan's point here in a second. But so who wins Valpo Merrillville? That's your game. I mean, that's. Yeah, I saw both of those teams this year. I saw Valpo against uh, Warsaw. Uh, very balanced. They have the uh, Cooper Jones. Is that his name? The guy, the freshman. Which one? <laughs> well, uh, Mason. Mason's Mason. the freshman. There's Mason's there's the Cooper freshman. and Colton who are the older ones. And then Colton's Mason's older brother. So Mason's the freshman. Um, but Colton's the one that's the 6'6 kid that's going to pl- probably play football in college. But then Cooper Jones is pretty darn good too. So, so yeah, they have they have a bunch of good kids at Valpo. A lot of depth there. Coach Coleman uses his bench pretty well. Um, I'm trying to see what happened during the season real quick with those two. I want to say Maryville lost. Yeah, Valpo beat Maryville during the season. But with the way Maryville handled sectionals, I mean, anything goes with them now, right? Beating Munster. Uh, and and they have uh, Keon Thompson, who is one of your junior all-stars. Yep. Uh, I, I, I just – I'm not sure Maryville – I don't know. It's That's a toss-up for me. It's, it would be, that's why I was going to go there. It was going to be such an interesting game. Uh, it was a close one during the season, like I said. Uh, I, I feel like Culver wins that first game. Northridge can keep in that game if they hit shots from the outside, but I just see Culver being too much in the end of that. Uh, but I, I would say Valpo is probably going to roll in that, that first game just because of their depth and a uh, little, little more talent spread out rather than just one or two players that Maryville has. And then I see, like you're saying, Culver and yeah. Carmel. Culver and Carmel meeting up there for semi-state. Well, now, yeah, so let's go to Logosport real quick. I mean, obviously, if I gun to my head, I'm picking Carmel to win that thing, and, and, you know, we'll never know. But Fort Wayne Snyder is awfully good. Yes. Michael Ely and, 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 and Dylan Duff are probably – I mean, probably the two best players in Fort Wayne right now. Maybe say, with yeah. the exception of Luke Good, Nalon Thompson. It, yeah, it's, yeah. I'm. I meant the yeah four A goodies. I should say at four A. That that eliminates Thompson because he's three A and and first obviously he's two A. But at four A, yeah, Goody's definitely part of that discussion. And and but and and now that you say that Goody's probably better, but he's not a whole lot better than Ely, right? If you've not seen him play, he's a he, he's an interesting player at six four, strong, aggressive, gets downhill very very well. I think he shoots the ball pretty well. Um, he had an outstanding season, and and Dylan Duff is a kid that that at six five also does a lot of things. His game has changed changed a great deal the last two years. Uh, he has definitely become more of a kid who can face up. Um, he played some varsity as a freshman, but he was basically just a, a post defender, a screener, a guy that maybe could rebound. Um, continually, continually worked on his game and got to the point where he could face the basket. And and I, I see them beating Marion. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about New Haven to think they could have given Carmel. They beat Homestead. So that's, that made they, it a little interesting for me. I, I, you know, but Homestead, did they have that good of a year? I mean, that's, you know, that's the thing. I, I think they probably had a season they didn't anticipate having. I mean, not that the teams they lose to are 
any of them individually are bad losses because Fort Wayne's pretty balanced. But, you know, I know last year I felt pretty confident that Carmel was going to win a regional and, and Fort Wayne Northrop kind of gave him a scare there for, for at least the first 14 minutes of the game. And, um, but I don't know. I, I looked at definitely it was going to be Snyder and Carmel. I felt very confident about that. And then I, I felt pretty good about Carmel's ability to beat Snyder. I, I know I'm definitely know I'm a homer and, and picked that at the beginning. Um, but Carmel's situation with the health of Brian Waddell as the season went on, they just continually got better. And, they were getting way more out of him at the toward the end of the year than they were at the beginning of the year. And he really had a heck of a sectional and at six, six and skilled. I mean, I told a lot of people in the fall after the June that he had that karma would be as good as Waddell was this year. You know, now Brian came in, was sick the beginning of the year, which they didn't necessarily know right away. Um, it wasn't anything that, you know, it was obviously something that he recovered from, but I mean, it's just mono. It's not that big of a deal. I don't hope not. If so, I'm sorry, Matt. Um, but then he got hurt. So he's coming back from an illness and then he gets hurt. He really didn't play until January, you know, and Carmel as much crap as they get for the low scoring games. They, they really struggle to find somebody to score um, other than Suter. And maybe one of those shooters, Jackson Jensen, of course, who hit a huge shot to beat uh, Noblesville in the, in the sectional semifinals. And Will Leary, who had some really good moments the first half of the year. And his playing time kind of waned as, as Waddell got more and more into it. But Waddell does a lot of things at 6'6", and he may be a kid that squeaks himself into being a Division One caliber player. He certainly has the a lot of the physical tools Skill-wise, enough of a enough of a burst to him. Really good shooter, uh, and thin. But him and Suter together, and it really freed Peter up to be that motor guy that he was last year. Um, and a kid whose outside shot has really improved from last year. Um, even from June, it improved, and and even he. I'm not even sure he looked to take a three the first three, three or four games of the year. Um, that became a weapon more and more as the season went on. So that development and then just Waddell, I mean, I think it had Carmel back on track to get into the state finals. I probably reluctantly picked them over Culver. Um, but, you know, again, that game, if you like, if you don't like low scoring games, Culver Carmel would have been a major, major disappointment because those two teams really just they don't necessarily look to grind it out but they can yep they can and they're willing and they make you work defensively i think that in itself is the most overlooked aspect of some of these low scoring games like carmel lawrence north during the year was 39 37 the defense both those teams play is just tremendous and it's tough for either team to score and lawrence north if they're not going to turn you over they're probably going to they're going to be willing and able to guard you for however long they need to guard you. And you know, we're going to get to them here in a in a little bit too, but but that's the kind of game you'd have with Culver versus Carmel. Is you'd have that low scoring grinded out game that um I don't know, at the end of it I think Carmel shoots it well enough to make some of those other pieces at Culver come out and guard 
I don't think they're going to be able to just sit back and, and play a pack line. Um, and I think Carmel's got a lot of options. Yeah, and I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. The tournament. I'm not sure Culver has the shooters in that one to hang with Carmel if they need to, if it comes down to that. Uh, South Bend Adams gave yeah, and that's, Culver a lot of trouble when they had when they started pressing him, and and Culver was struggling to hit some outside shots in that game as well. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, Galloway struggled in the state finals game last year mightily. And as much as I like him, and God knows he's got a great motor and he plays he plays hard. He's a, he's a really good defender. I think when he's when he's really surrounded by other talent with t- kids that are at his level talent wise, he finds people. Um, great passer. He's going to be an interesting, great passer. He's going to be an interesting piece at, at Indiana because I think his shot mechanics have to have to really change. And you know, it, it's something that is more easily addressed at the college level where they've got a lot more time to work on it. Um, even though I know when your dad's the head high school coach, you probably have access to gyms more than most people do, but, but nothing beats being able to get in your, your college workout, your practice courts with, you know, a couple of managers who are just constantly rebounding for you and just having that attention. And, and, you know, he's, He's going to have a good college career, but he's his shot. He's going to have to really improve that. The the direction this game is going, where you've got to have three, four shooters on the floor at all time. You know, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops through the course of Indiana. I make no doubt about it. He's gonna he's gonna do well down there. Um, but you're right. I mean, in the short term, where it is what it is, no question in my mind, Carmel's going to make him shoot the ball. He's going to have to prove it consistently, and they they have a number of bodies to throw at him that aren't their best players necessarily, um, but kids that value defense, and and especially Josh Wack, who's a kid that guards a lot of players and makes them work hard to, to get their shots, um, and. Then at the end, if it's if it's tight and they need to go si- inch for inch, size for size, then they can switch Suter over to him, and he's he's a good defender. And I think by the time he graduates from high school, he'll be a lockdown defender at at least at the high school level, and that'll be seen as an asset at the college level. Um, but anyway, so I have Carmel coming out of there. I don't know if you if you feel the same. If you you saw Culver more than I did, I got a chance to see Culver play three times. I just felt pretty good Carmel would would win that game, but it, it would be a low scoring, close game. Yeah, um, sounds like depth-wise, Carmel's just got Culver's number on there, on that uh, best player on the floor. We could maybe say Galloway, but in the end, if yep. they're relying on him shooting the ball, unfortunately, I think Carmel's going to get the edge on that one. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Hiddle and Jake Hiddle, who's going to Indiana State, and yep. Charlie Williams. Yep. And I'm a big Deontay. Go at it. I mean, big Deontay Craig fan. I love that dude. Yeah, there's some tough matchups, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, obviously the games aren't going to be played. We're just this is all supposition, but I still have pretty felt pretty good that Karma would have eked out a tight win there. So, um, hell, I could be wrong. They could have. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. No, we won't. We actually we won't see. Uh, down south, um, we'll save Lawrence Central for last. Um, Bloomington South or, or Seymour, we've got Bloomington South, Floyd Central, Evansville, Wrights, Greenwood. I 
I like Floyd Central. I mean, you know, there's there's no question that they've got a good young group. They pretty much have – I think they only have one senior that they play. Um, and I don't see South walking in that game. I don't see South necessarily walking either one of those games. But I see those games end up being like tight games until they, they kind of pull away at the end where they probably win by like 12, 14 points. Sure. Um, I don't see the Wrights-Greenwood winner um, beating South. I know Wrights went over to Floyd Central and beat them during the school year. Um, I, I just don't see anybody beating South and Seymour. I, I could be completely wrong. But, you know, besides Leal, obviously they have Noah Jagger, who's who's going to West Point, play Division One basketball for Army. Uh, and they have the Bomba brothers, um, the younger of the two. He's probably the better of the two. But the older one, Joey's the better of the younger one. But the, the older one is – they're big man and, and he's you know he's a blue collar guy he gets a lot of stuff done and then we haven't even talked about Connor Hickman yet who's already got division one offers as a junior point guard and just a lot of weapons at south and and you know it's um what's funny here is I'm looking at the brackets on online and it already has Lawrence North winning <laughs> beating new pal um I don't think they played that game did they anyway um I've got South coming out of there. Do you have anything different? I not nope, not familiar with them down there. But yeah, I'm with you with South. Just from what I know, the, the names you mentioned, I like James Bomba. I saw him last summer playing. He's playing uh, football somewhere, isn't he next year? Yeah, that's the that's the senior. Yep, yeah, yeah he is. Yep. Um, why don't you start with Lawrence? Why don't you start at Lawrence Central? That's the game. That's when I got moved from Southport. That's when we knew things were unraveling at. For regionals not that it wasn't the right decision but I'm t- I had have been there um so they started having to rearrange the locations for some of these places moving Southport to LC um what was your view of the of a Lawrence section Lawrence Central Regional uh I I think Lawrence has got that one I I like Gizzy a lot he's a tough bulldog point guard for for new pal but uh I think Lawrence North would have been a little too much for them. And then, uh, yeah, I don't. And then Pike and Brownsburg. I mean, Brownsburg's probably got their best, the best player on that, in that game. But I really like, uh, Jalen Love and Davion Bailey for, for Pike as well. Uh, that would have been a tough one, but I think um, Brownsburg's probably got that one. Yeah, Eddie Davis probably the Pike kid you're thinking of besides Davion. Um, or Eddie Jones, my bad. Eddie Jones is probably the guy you're thinking of there on that one, okay. as far as as well as Davion, as well as Davion Bailey. Um the um Yeah, Brownsburg probably has the best two players in that game. And I like Pike. I they've they've got some nice young pieces. Again, they lose Bailey, they, but they'll be better next year than they are this year. And that's that's just because they, I mean, they start two sophomores in, in Loudon and, um, nah, in, in Loudon and Conwell. There we go. And, um, Eddie Jones is a nice player. Sometimes maybe a little out of control, but really like his ability. And, and then they just got size. They've got three big kids up front. 
all of them are pretty good physical physical players. Um, you know, Noah Gordon is a kid that I think I like the most of those three. Um, but those guys, they, they just got a lot of weapons, and pretty much, other than Bailey, most of those guys are back. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see. They, they've got to find a kid who can shoot that group out of that group. Um, I think Brownsburg beats them, and then I've got them losing the Lawrence North in the championship game of the regional. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't know if you, what you're, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just LN Bloomington South that they they could have put that in the same semi-state with GCA and and um who was it GCA and who um say Covenant Shenandoah or Covenant Christian no but it would have been been yeah it had been Bar Reef no no oh, Bar G- Reef, GC, right. Greenwood Christian and Bar Reef they could have put those two in the same semi-state and I'd have been all I'd have been just fine watching those two games um I had Lawrence North winning I I don't feel real strongly about it. Um, both of them have headline players. Both of them have role players who are very talented, would, would be bigger names at other places. Um, at the end of the day, Lawrence North has my winner for – gets my vote for Mr. Basketball and Tony Perkins. Um, the, the gauntlet that they have to go through to have the record they did this year and to have the success that he did this year that earned, that earns my vote. Um, and it earned my selection. I can't go wrong with Bloomington South. They, they play a good schedule and undefeated is impressive, but I, I, I picked Lawrence North over them. I'm not, you know, however you felt on that. I don't know. Yeah. I would take Lawrence also. I like, I like Shamar for them as well at the point. Yeah. His development been outstanding he was really good in the fall league and, and dj hughes was too i mean i all three of those guys play in it you know i really liked watching perkins develop um but avans had a heck of a year and he's already starting to get d1 offers and, and hughes already has his d1 offers coming in too i mean that's that, that's a good tree and, and cj gunn is a kid that he probably has a higher ceiling than hughes and avans um, I feel pretty comfortable saying that, and I, and I like both those kids a lot. And that's that's no knock on them. That just shows you the ability that Gunn has. And and I mean Lawrence North, they figured some stuff out this year that they haven't been able to figure out for a while. And I think a lot of it's on Perkins. Um, his 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 making sure their kids were involved, his toughness, his leadership. But it also didn't hurt that C.J. Gunn came in this year and was a very productive player. And and when somebody was having a bad day, he could step up and make big plays. Um, So that kind of gets us LN and Carmel. I I mean, I'm going to, you know, step out of form here. I would have had LN winning it. I mean, at least predicting it. I would have predicted LN to win it. Uh, I thought Carmel played a heck of a game. Not that I thought Ellen. You got to remember, beginning of the year, Lawrence Central beat Carmel by twenty six, and you're going into the LN game at least as a as a Carmel fan. I'm going into it knowing that Carmel's playing a lot better that that time of year than they had earlier in the year. Now the question would be, 
how could they handle the physicality of Lawrence North, who had already beaten LC once, if not twice already, sure. when they played Carmel. Um, to lose by two, I thought Carmel played awfully well, but I thought it was a perfect storm of, of how the game was officiated. Not that it was uneven uh, by any stretch, but how the game was officiated, that, that would have played a big role in the state final game too, not unlike what it was two years ago when they lost to Warren um, twice during the year. I thought the regular season game, the officials really helped Warren in how they called the game. Um, and then the state finals, I thought it helped Carmel, but Warren was just still that much better. Now last year, um, you know, last year, I mean, Carmel was obviously able to put it together and, um, but this year would have been no different. It would have been how that game was officiated would play a huge role in in probably four or five possessions, which would, would be enough to determine, um, you know, would L.A. or would L.A. Would L.N. Would L.N. You know, maybe win by a bucket or win by eight. That's just my try to be objective viewpoint. You know, I don't. I think pretty much everybody would think I would have picked Carmel to win it and probably gun to my head. I would, but, but, um, in what was supposedly a down year or going to be a sort of like a rebuilding year. Sure. Sure. For for even Carmel to be in that situation is, is great, especially for a guy like me, but the Lawrence source is awfully good. And all those kids individually are good and they've done some things team wise. Um, chemistry wise that they hadn't had in a while and you hate to say there's too sometimes you can have too much talent um but they've had a lot of pieces go through there and and none of them were as successful team wise as this has been since since the days of Odin and Conley and this group it's it's too bad you get you look at the chance that Bloomington South had this year Lawrence North and all these other teams that we've already talked about um You know, it's it's too bad they all kind of get robbed of their opportunity to do that. They're they're all claiming victory, of course. Sure. Um. um I know I've already claimed it for, for Carmel. I've already named them. Still defending state champs, but um. You know that's um. It, it's just too bad that the, especially these seniors didn't get a chance to finish the year like they wanted to. So even even though only four groups get a chance to walk out winners. It, it's still, you get a chance to play it out and, and feel like you had a chance to accomplish something. And it's unfortunate because those guys will never get that back. So. Any, any other thoughts out of that state tournament? No, I'm, I'm with you on Lawrence. I think the names we mentioned with them sincere, or I'm sorry, Shamar. Uh, yep. Shamar and CJ gun, how well he's uh, developed this year as a sophomore and, then the senior leader Tony Perkins just—he's really tough, really tough. So I feel like they've got it over Carmel this year, if they would have played. Yeah. Well, we agree. Um, we need to we need to not agree so much. Okay. Someday. Um, let's move to the junior all stars. Cover this in two ways. First of all, anybody that's listening to this podcast probably already knows who's on it and where to find the list. So we're not going to name them. Um, we may talk about the core a little bit and maybe some individual players, um, <laughs> probably before it's all said and done, we will name them, but the, the core kids, first of all, people need to know that the, the core, unless it's changed and I don't know about it, 
the, the core group is decided by by all state votes and the top six underclassmen the top the top six juniors who get votes are the, that's your core team so that's brooks barnheiser caleb first trey kaufman jr kineski i always butcher his last name uh christian lander and keon thompson um they're listed alphabetically I know somewhere there's a list that will list them in order of how many votes they got. Um, my guess is is that's somewhere between Kaufman and First as to who got the most votes. Although Lander probably gets a little bit of an IU pull there, um, but I I really have no the, the Barnheiser thing sort of surprised me, but it's a vote, so it's not like he doesn't deserve it. You know that's the thing. People are like he doesn't, this kid doesn't deserve that, and not about Barnheiser, just about any any of these kids. Um, and we'll eventually get to maybe a couple of guys who could have been on it, but then we got to play a little game along with that. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but did you see anything in that core that surprised you? I mean, Barnheiser did surprise me. Um, but I don't know that anybody else I'm looking, the only other kid that would have had the type of production in my mind um, and team success. I could have seen Connor Hickman maybe making that core team and not even in terms of what type of recruiting he's getting or anything like that, what caliber of a, of a talent he is, just the impact that he has in a game for a team that's undefeated or Cooper Jacoby as, as possibly a core kid. Other than that, I felt – pretty good about the core the core list yeah uh when you're talking about brooks i him is six playing six six at the point he's he can handle the ball incredibly well he can pass it he can shoot it he can take you off the bounce to the basket every time too if he wants to i mean just his his ball handling skill at the point guard for him his dad is just incredible to see and he can he can stroke the ball too him and his brother but uh, the, the one on that list that kind of surprised me would have been Keon Thompson, I think. Uh, yeah. Just because of team success, maybe. How we kind of talked about Maryville coming out of nowhere and beating Munster. And, and I just think his name would surprise me more than more than Barnheiser in the, on that list, personally. And I don't know. Yeah, if- I, I think the, it's it. I, I don't know. It's if Jaylen- interesting because we're, we're- – Go ahead. Sorry. No, finish what you're saying about Jalen. You're talking about Jalen Blackman. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I don't know if his injury kind of bumped him off of that list. I'm sure it did. I mean, not being able to to play those last uh, games there towards the end. Because he can score. Well, I, I was surprised Luke Brown didn't. I was surprised Luke, Luke Brown didn't creep in there, too. Um, and again, we other than those top six, we don't know how the vote total went. I guess we could look it up. We could find the the all state team and and start doing some, you know, start figuring things out. If once upon a time they used to list it just as a as it came up, like as the players came up, and you could kind of tell who was where. But I think they've sort of figured out just do it alphabetically and eliminates ninety percent of their hate mail. Um, Shamar Vance was a, was a good pick. He deserved it. Um, it may have cost DJ Hughes a spot on the team. Who knows? Um, Twitter's always good fodder for that stuff when it comes out. Oh, definitely. Um, 
but um you know and and i look the class of 2021 oh man first first of all if you look at the if you look at this process the junior all-stars is as political of a process as we have in in these teams i think there's sometimes when there's a kid that makes the all-star team that sort of leaves you scratching your head but at the same time those were those were games that like in a lot of people's minds count those were teams that practice those were teams that travel together Sometimes decisions get made for the all-star team of, do I really want to coach this kid for a month? You know, do we want him to be, we want this kid to be part of that. Um, and, and sometimes it's not even, it's not, a, a, I don't want to make it sound like a character issue. It's, it's role. Like when you, when you put together the all-star team, you're putting together a team that's going to play, to, it's going to practice together and play together for a month. And you've got to have guys that, that, that fill roles other than, your core eight or nine guys that you you inevitably end up making the team that are just just really talented all around. Um, that's a normal year. This twenty twenty one class, and there's always there's usually years where you could find a guy. Yeah, he does. He maybe he shouldn't be on there. Sure, you know. And sometimes you you get those guys you think maybe they shouldn't be on there, but then you just can't figure out who should. Right. Um, but this twenty twenty one class is freaking loaded. Loaded. And it's, it's, it's top heavy, it's deep. Um, but I feel really good about this list. I mean, the, the guys who aren't on it and I'm going to name a few of them, but, but I like to play a little game, especially on social media where, okay, your guy didn't make it. Who are you going to take off? Sure. You know, let's start naming, let's start naming names. Let's don't start bashing the process. Who are you going to take off? And, and inevitably people shrink away from that, you know, um, I, I don't see a kid on here. who doesn't deserve to be on there. Now there's four other kids that I, that I think deserve to be on there, but again, who are you going to take off now for those? It's three guards and one forward. And you may have other, another couple of guys too. I'm sure I listed for me. It's Jaden Taylor from Perry Meridian. Okay. Do what? I was, I was going to say, I'm sure so it's sure fairly similar. Yeah, I mean, Jaden Taylor from Perry Meridian. Although, again, team success maybe plays a role in that. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt. I mean, maybe if Maryville doesn't win a sectional, maybe Keon Thompson doesn't make the core team. Right. You know? Right. Who knows where it goes from there. I, he certainly makes the all-star. I mean, he certainly makes one of those two teams. Definitely. Other two teams. Definitely. Um. But Jane Taylor's committed to Butler. He's a heck of a two-way player. And, you know, I only saw him once during the school year. Um, so I don't know overall what, you know, the impressions of him were among the coaching community. Um, but I was excited for Butler when he committed there. Oh, and, and equally excited when Pierce committed there. Of course, being Butler guy, being a guy that loves Butler, I'm all in. Um, another guard, Gus Etchison from Hamilton Heights. Definitely Gus. That's an obvious one, you know, and, it, and that's since he tweeted it and he brought it up after what he's been through this year yep, with his dad. Um, yes, you know, and, and I've known his dad since middle school, not, not friends, but just basketball wise, um, got to know him a little bit more as a person, as, in, in a, as an adult, um, great guy and 
you know, Gus played through that. Um, Gus was back playing the next day. I don't, not after the funeral. I mean, I saw that firsthand, um, you know, and, and we all mourn in different ways. And, and sometimes we'd like to get back to normal as soon as possible. Um, other people can't do that. I get that. Um, but you know, it's, it's a kid like that's going to be really motivated to, to improve his game and, sure. and to prove that he deserves to be on there. Sure. But that still gets us to the question of who doesn't belong exactly who on this list. Then. Right. Um, um, and it's not going to take away what Gus is going to be able to do in college. And, and you know, and hopefully his, his senior year, he's able to get Hamilton Heights in places that they haven't, you know, that they haven't been for a while. Um, but again, if they win a sectional, sometimes that changes things. Uh, the third guard for me, at least, is Lane Sparks. Um, and again, of those three, that's I have them listed in order. Jaden Taylor, Gus Atchison, Lane Sparks. So if somebody's not going to be on there, like if Jalen Blackman can't play physically, then I think it should be Jaden Taylor. I would agree. Um, and then the one forward is DJ Hughes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is he better than three or four of those guys? Yeah, he'd probably tell you he was better than all – how many of them are there? Four, 20. He'd probably tell you he was better than all 20 of them. Um, confident kid, a game whose game is, is improved. His skill sets improved. Um, he, um, you know, three kids from LN. Well, I guess it had been two on the junior all-star team. Um, he probably has the strongest case of anybody to make in it because there's just, but it, it's a class that even, even as a class, it's a class that has size. So, you know, sometimes that plays a role. I don't know. I, it's just this class is so loaded. Was it? Was there anybody else that you had that you thought should have gotten maybe a stronger consideration? Um, Brady Hunt would have been about the only other person I was I was thinking potentially. But yeah, then when you're looking athletically to a lot of these other kids that are on there, it's just it's so tough. Like, who are you going to take off and put Brady Hunt on for? Like we've been saying with the other guys we mentioned. Yeah, and I would have him behind Hughes. I, I really didn't have any other forwards um, that I thought were at that level. Um, but anyway, um, what, um, what? Let's do this because we're we're almost ninety minutes into this thing. Let Let's say the All Star team stuff. For another one okay not not tonight but another one we'll we'll do another podcast here coming up assuming this thing goes well and i can get it online and and we can we can uh um make this more of a regular thing which i would very much like to do yes what what players we let's talk about what players you'd like to see more of that you that you didn't get a chance to see this year uh, that that group of South players you mentioned earlier with the Cooper Jacoby and uh, Trey Kaufman, Blake Sisley, those are those are three guys I think I really need to get to see this summer, and hope to. Uh, I know Blake is playing with uh, Spies this summer. That'll be a really fun team to watch. I probably try to get to watch them as well with Lander on that team uh, to catch another 
South kid. Uh, but those are three guys that I would like to really see this summer if I could. Cooper Jacoby, Blake yeah. Lee, and Trey Kaufman. I don't know who Cooper's playing with yet. I'm not sure we're going to have an AAU season. I mean, I keep telling the kids I'm coaching. I'm aiming at May. Sure. But I'm also going to be the guy that, that once we're told we can get in the gym, we'll probably be in the gym every darn day. So <laughs> most of my guys are local now, which I like. It's been a long time since I've had a team like that. So we may hit that thing pretty hard once we can get going. But, but yeah, the, the, I think the kid answering that, the, the, the two kids I'd like to see a little bit more of are, are Keon Thompson. I'm not, you know, I've, I've known Bo Patton for about three years now uh-huh. and pretty happy for him to win a sectional. Um, he was TJ Lux's assistant before that, and that's how I got to know him. And he's a really positive guy. I'm sure the way he pumps his kids helped Keon get on this list. Uh, but Keon's damn good, you know, and, and Bo has been talking about Keon since, since the start of his freshman year. And so Keon doing this is definitely not a surprise to Bo. Right. Uh, and it's just oddly enough, it's a kid that I haven't had a chance to see play. And that's it. I, and, and, and I mean, during the school season, I've seen him probably play one game in the summer. Um, and then Corin Davis for Bowman Academy is a kid that honestly, I didn't know a whole lot about until Christmas. Um, probably shows you how much I've been out of the gym or at least out of watching kids that I've coached the last few years. Um, and something that's going to you know change as we get deeper into this, but, but he, um, the numbers he put up this year, are pretty impressive. I mean, Bowman's usually pretty balanced and, um, you know, other than, other than Juan, you know, Juan Marrero a few years ago, They've they've not had a kid put up those numbers, and you know again Bowman Bowman does has a pretty good schedule. So for him to do that um, on that schedule is, is pretty impressive. Then I, I'd like to see uh, you know Blake Wesley play a school game too. I've seen him a lot in the summer, uh, an awful lot. I really have. I'm a big believer in him. We did some stuff for rivals uh, heading into his. Um, freshman summer the summer after his freshman year and I had him as a top five kid to look at in that class and I, and I think it's kind of playing out with some of the offers that he's getting his his athleticism is is top two or three in the class his length is incredible he's a really good defensive player uh, he certainly is a very capable defensive player and I know sometimes he gets a little ball hawkish and tries to make plays that maybe take him out of position, at least again in the summer. Um, but when he's focused, he's a devastating defender and really enjoy watching him play when he's when he's honed in. Um, so those are probably the, th- the three guys I need to see more of. And, and really, we, we both named guys that are kind of out of our viewing area, at least normal viewing area. And, um, and, I, and I'm with you on Blake. I, I would like to see Blake with with more talent around him and see how he actually does instead of uh, his high school team. So you're the flip on that. Yeah, he, he, he's pretty, he's, he's, a, he's an unselfish player. I've, I really liked him. The, the, the summer he was with us, he didn't start. 
I, it wasn't my age group, but he didn't start and, and he took it well. I mean, that that's a good group. He, um, he came off the bench and then he hardly ever came out after that. Sure. So really it was more of a some symbolic thing. And he just was such a, a, a good, so good about it, but on a, on a team with, with, um, you know, Lane Sparks and Jaden Taylor and, and Chris Manis. I mean, all four of those guys are, you know, Lane's the only one that doesn't have D1 offer right now. Right. But those other those other two guys are D1 guys, and, you know, of course, Taylor's committed to Butler. So, um, you know, he's just, he just a heck of a player, and I'm looking forward to seeing him grow into the ceiling that I think he can have. So, yeah, that, that's uh, – any, any thoughts on the Gatorade – no, go ahead. That's finish that. team will be really fun. That's I need to get to see them with Blake Wesley and Blake Sisley first. Uh, Goody from from Homestead we mentioned Christian Lander on that team. Uh, Isaiah Swope from Castle. I'm not too familiar with him. Do you know anything about him? Not really. That's unfortunate. Um, no, I, I know he had a good year, and I, I know they. I know Indy Kendrick down there likes him. Um. Evansville area, obviously he's castle guy actually. So, um, I, that's for your benefit. I think everybody else, anybody that listens to this knows that. Um, but he, um, the Swope kid had a, had a really good year. I think, um, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how this stuff impacts Lander's ability to play in AAU. Cause he's already committed to Indiana. He's going to reclassify. Right. right. Um, unless this has screwed that up. Um, one thing's not going to change. They're going to want him at Indiana in June. So I, I don't see them letting him just come and go and, and go play. I don't think they're going to want him to get hurt, you know, playing in what amounts to being useless AAU games for a kid that's already graduated and in college. Um, you know, and that's, I think he was probably looking forward to doing it in April and May and then calling it a, you know, calling it a day. Um, be interesting to see how much of that's left when we get a chance to get started. But um, any uh, any thoughts on Gatorade Player of the Year? Uh, for those who don't know, that um, I think was it is it through USA Today or is it just just Gatorade does it on their own? They 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 name a Player of the Year, not unlike Mr. Basketball, except unlike Mr. Basketball, it could be any class. And um, I know on social media it confused some people that it wasn't a senior, but this is not the same award as Mr. Basketball. And, and Trey Kaufman is Gatorade Player of the Year for the state of Indiana as a junior. Any any thoughts on that? Uh, agree, disagree? Who would you have if you disagree? That's that's the thing with with uh, with Trey. I wish I would see him. I caught a game of his or something this summer. Maybe I need to uh, find some video on him while we're on this little break here to see trey play but but i mean i don't have anybody that i could throw over him um sincere i watched a little bit of him on video and he seems to be a really good player at addicts but i I think i think trey is probably probably the way to go with it i mean if you watch (laughs) the blackhawk christian silver creek game first pardon me kicked his ass 
for half a basketball. Yeah. And um, at the end of it, Silver Creek had too many weapons. And, and, and it does kind of show the difference between guys like Burke and Davison being good players, but, but just not the level of Cooper Jacoby and Brandon Northern. And, um, but to me, Kaufman is the kid right now in the state, all four classes has the highest ceiling to me. And so from that angle, I don't have a problem with it at all. Um, I think he's got a higher ceiling than almost anybody in the senior class. I, I kind of like DeAndre Davis in that discussion as, as far as ceiling and, and what a kid could be. Um, and if you look at ceiling, and, and I know that's probably not what they gauge it on, but, but if you look at ceiling, I look at Blake Wesley and Pierce Thomas um, as well as first. Sure. As guys who have really good ceilings. Um, and we, we talk about future pros and things like that. The, the, that label has changed the last decade with more and more options overseas and in, in, in foreign leagues. Um, but, you know, those guys have a chance to all, you know, to all be guys that get a sniff at the NBA, in my, my opinion. Um, you know, we can maybe break their games down individually later um, in another, in another podcast. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure people in first's corner are confused by that. Um, Cause he did, he actually kicked Kaufman's butt for a half. And then, but then Cooper Jacoby came in the second half and really made things difficult for first and first had a nice little stretch in the second half, but really Jacoby outplayed him. And then Kaufman got going. Jacoby had a hell of a game to begin with the whole the whole game he was really good the whole game and then Kaufman got going and it just it was too much for Blackhawk but but yeah head to head I think first went out there thinking you know what screw this I'm going to be the better guy right. and he was for for the half and 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 really that was a lasting impression but it didn't change it didn't change my overall view of Kaufman and it definitely didn't change my bigger picture view of Kaufman versus first. Um, but that's not to say that I don't like first Caleb first, a hell of a player. Oh yeah. He's got that second gear um, he can kick in against guys like that. And he, he's probably a little more skilled than what I gave him credit for. And, and not a lot of that translates at, at a higher level. Um, but that's the highest level. You know, you, you're not going to get any higher than the big 10. You're not going to get any higher than, considering what's he going to do in the NBA. He's going to be a, a guy who can maybe eventually develop into a stretch big, but also a guy who can guard a position and guard his position and and and, and be good enough defensively that he's not going to get um, – he's not going to kill you on if he has to switch. He's not going to kill you on hedges. He's not going to kill you on blitzes when you blitz ball screens. He's going to be able to play in the paint defensively and, and help out on the perimeter when, he, when they need him to be, but – yeah, I don't have a problem with Kaufman being the Gatorade Player of the Year. I'd, if they'd have given it to first, it would have been just as fine. If they'd have given it to Perkins or, or DeAndre Davis, um, I'd have been fine with that too. Um, but, yeah, the Kaufman thing, it was funny that quickly came out. You, you had definitely the guys that were in favor of it, and then there were some pretty strong opinions. They didn't understand it. And some of it was because they didn't understand that you could give it to juniors. Sure, So right. 
Anything else? Did we miss anything? We're gonna we're gonna table the All Star stuff because this thing's a, at an hour and thirty five minutes. Um, anything else we need to talk about, or at least touch on before we go, or we wrap it up? I think that's good for tonight for the first one. Cool. Cool. Well, I appreciate your time, Zach, and and we'll do this we'll do this again, obviously. Um, for anybody that's listening, we appreciate it, and also uh, for anybody that read the website this year courtsideindiana.com come back because we're going to we're going to keep expanding what we offer and in, in terms of content and in, in terms of types of content um how we're going to handle the summer i don't know yet we don't even know that there's going to be a summer um but we will keep podcasting i would like to say we might do something once a week maybe between zach and me and then i might be able to find other ways to fill some gaps uh, with some other people to talk with so um Zach, appreciate it. Good luck uh, with your e-learning sessions yeah, with your kids. Thank you. I'm sure that's interesting. Definitely interesting. I'm sure challenging. I'm sure that's interesting. Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, parents. Yeah. Parents watching. How uh, we feel now, teachers. How us teachers feel? Well, did you? I you like my. Did you see my tweet? I like that. Parent. I. I'm going to pump my own tweet here, which obviously I love. I love some Twitter, but I put. Uh, I did dear parents who like to blame teachers. How's your week? Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> you know, and, uh, cause I know a lot of friends whose, whose kids obviously are, are especially mid middle school kids where there's actual like real learning involved and not just activity and they're struggling to, to keep their kids focused and, and, um, and the kids just feel like, you know what, they're on vacation. So it's, it's tough. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't envy the, the position any of those, any of you guys are in, in the academic field right now. So, uh, you're kind of double whammy. You had to actually change your curriculum, almost flip it over and almost flip it over, um, and, and get it done technology wise. But, but anyway, Zach, I appreciate your time. Yeah. We'll look forward to getting to do it, doing this again next week, maybe. Yes. Thanks. All right, man. Thanks. Yes. All right.